Welcome to the Hope Podcast. My name is Jonathan James. As your host for this podcast, we are excited to bring you some amazing information about people living with bleeding disorders, navigating chronic illness, and we hope that you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Drugco Health and Specialty Pharmacy. Drugco Health is a specialty pharmacy that is dedicated to taking care of each patient with the utmost respect. Their goal is to be a pharmacy where not only medications are dispensed, but every patient is taken care of in every aspect. They devote their ensuring complete patient care through their collaborations with physicians and payers. With Drugco Health, you are not just a patient, you are family. We're excited to partner with many organizations like this through all of our events, and we thank Drugco Health for partnering with us to make this podcast possible. Well, welcome to the Hope Podcast. It's great to have you joining us today. I have a very dear friend and great guest with me today, Leslie Lemarier from Octopharma. Leslie, it's so great to see you. We're kicking off our Profi conference this weekend, and you said that you could stop by and have a conversation with me a little bit about that, but thanks so much for coming by today and being a part of the podcast. Well, you're welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's glad to see you. time together. Yeah, we're going to have some conversation and, and, and really to talk about uh, prophylaxis and your ability to stick to your treatment regimen. And Leslie, you've been around the hemophilia community for many years, and um, you started when you were like, what, three or four years old, and, and here you are now, and, and it's great. So um, actually, funny story, we were talking earlier, your your family has been in pharmacy for for ages so you were kind of destined to be in this world whether you wanted to be or not I guess I think so yeah meant for me yeah that's great so tell us a little bit about uh where you're from and your involvement in the community well I hope people can tell about my voice but I'm born and raised in New Orleans and um even though a lot of people say I sound like I'm from Brooklyn (laughs) um I am born and raised in New Orleans and have been involved in um, hemophilia or the bleeding disorder community for about 20, maybe 20 to 25 years. Wow. And during that time, it's been in the, um, through manufacturing, um, specialty pharmacy. So I've kind of been through the whole realm, you know, but have been involved in the bleeding disorder community for, like I said, over 25 years. Yeah, that's great. That's incredible. So you really did start when you were four. That's amazing. Wow. I know. So young. <laughs> that's great. Experience. Well, I, you know, you've seen so many different perspectives of, of the community, and I know you're like so many of my friends and people around that say, you know, it's like once you're kind of infected with the, uh, with the whether, you, whether you're affected directly or you're infected right. by, the, by the community itself and the family, I always say the best thing about having hemophilia as a diagnosis is the community that comes along with it. And uh, I know that that's super near and dear to your heart. And something that you've vested just a lot of time and energy and, and really put your neck on the line uh, a few times in your career, uh, dozens of times, to, uh, to really ensure just the highest level of integrity and, and commitment to the community. And so we really appreciate that and appreciate your, your investment in us as a, as, a, as a community and as a family and, and uh, appreciate all that you've done. But I, I, for those who, people who are maybe listening, this is their first time getting to know you a little bit, tell me a little bit about what makes you so passionate about the hemophilia community and why it is that you love doing what you do? Well, I'll, 
I have to say that, like I said, this community, and that's what it is, it's a community, it's a family. You know, um, I think from the very beginning, um, I, as I got involved, I realized this was way more than just a job, at least to me. Yeah. Um, it was, like I said, these people had become my family. Um, I've learned a lot about the challenges, the struggles. Um, I've not only learned about it, I've witnessed it. I've lived through it with families and that became friends. And most of this industry, you know, a lot of it is just, I have to say, is more friends and even, you know, just uh, patients that I know. They really have yeah. become friends. And what I've been able to witness um, from them is, like I said, overcoming challenges and obstacles that um, has just changed me on the yeah. person that I am today. Changed me and taught me so much. Um, I've been able to take so much from this community and apply it to my own life. And I would have to say one of those things is also um, watching the patients as small children, you know, to even mothers and caregivers um, and fathers to how to educate themselves, mm -hmm. how to become more knowledgeable. And advocates, really. Yes, yeah. well, I was going to say, and that's prepared them to be an advocate. Right. And, um, and that's really um, something that I've never seen, you know, in, in other disease states. Um, and especially it's something that I've been able to take from mm. this community and really apply to my own life mm -hmm. in health care, in, you know, my family that have had, you know, other disease disease issues and stuff, but teach them how to be an advocate. And um, it's all really stems from being involved with this community and what I've taken from that. And yeah. I've always wanted to give back to hemophilia, but I think even more now, I've always, always wanted to give back to bleeding disorders because mm. of what it's given to me. Wow, that's powerful. I, you know, I, one of the things that we've talked about some in the past is just about how important it is to to um you know to see the the community as really as a, not just a bunch of people who have a need for medication but to see people indiv as individuals who have value and and one of the things that's striking to me about our community of people is that they're so well educated so many of the patients are very well educated and and oftentimes especially from from a hope perspective the patients who suffer the most are the ones who have probably not educated themselves as much as um, you know they needed to or, 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 or could have or have maybe they just haven't been aware of the resources in the community yet so it is something that I do think is is so powerful about you go into some of these other disease states as you know we serve you know other disease states as well and it's it's amazing some of these the, the people in those you know areas don't have as much knowledge as we have in hemophilia so we're really fortunate in many ways to have so much knowledge and people who are extremely educated in some cases are more educated than even some medical professionals just because they've had to live with it and had to navigate those challenges on their own right yes I think that you you definitely you know see that and I think that's what like I said I've been able to experience when I watch you know moms that because when you think about the situations people that have bleeding disorders you know and the way they present when you go into an ER, when you go, a lot of times it's nothing you're presenting with on the outside. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you don't know how to stand up 
and advocate on what your child needs, you know, or what is happening and going on with the patient, um, you know, you then become totally buried. And we know that with a life-threatening, you know, chronic disorder like that, it can definitely affect you um, very much as far as your outcomes, Absolutely. you know, on how long you're there for. So it's like I think that, you know, really the parents and and even teaching children, you know, I've watched children that have been able to advocate for themselves. And that's the yeah. one thing that, you know, think about it, all of us as a parent, we would love to teach our children how to advocate for themselves in general, not just right. in, in healthcare. But I think that's where I, I learned from this community right. is to really, you know, help my children to become an advocate on so many levels for themselves, not right. just healthcare. Right. Um, but it's really, you know, believe the bleeding disorder community that taught me that. Wow. To really watch it. And it's like, I think that's where um, passion comes in, you know, for, like I said, this community. When, when I tell people all the time, you know, they ask me what I do, you know, for a living. And I'm thinking, this isn't just a normal job. Right. You know, this is w way more than that to me. It's a passion. It is. And it's incredibly important. And it's really, um, I'm just very thankful yeah. for the community and what, you know, I've been able to experience and the friends that, you know, I've made and the things that they've shared with me yeah. and let me in and, you know, just to be able to see that and experience it. Yeah. Been, so a lot of times with any kind of rare or chronic condition, the process that you're having to infuse or treat at home on a regular consistent basis can be very arduous. It can be difficult. And, you know, I, I've often said that if hemophilia has an enemy, it's really consistency. And so when we talk about prophylaxis, especially at this particular conference that we're doing on Profi Conference, one of the things that we're, um, you know, discussing is how do you stay inspired to be committed to this consistent treatment regimen? And really what we mean by that is actually going a little further with it. It's, it's how do you stay consistent and not let your health crisis become the reason why you get back to your regimen? Like, how do you, how do you not let the health crisis be your motivator? How do you, how do you stay consistent and stay inspired to be consistent so that you don't have a health crisis? Right. And, you know, for many, many years, you were a part of a fantastic pharmacy that was right here based in Louisiana. And you guys did an incredible job at uh, being able to help so many people be able to stay on track. And so you saw a lot of people through the years that wrestled with this. And there's all these different barriers like access to medication. There's barriers to access to the financial aspects of it, right? There's barriers to getting access to the right doctor and the physician. So what are some of the things that you've seen people fight through that you would encourage somebody who might be having trouble communicating with their pharmacy or communicating with their doctors or communicating with their, you know, even their insurance to be able to get through those barriers. What would you say to someone who's had trouble staying consistent? What you're, you're, what you've seen people do that have helped them be successful? I think what's important is, first of all, is education, you know, is really, you know, becoming very knowledgeable. And we know that most of these people have and and are, but you want to continue that. And that's even connecting yourself to, you know, um, chapter events through the, the um, conferences just like this that Hope, um, you know, is made, is made available to the patients. Um, I think that any and everything that you can absorb and take in gives you knowledge, and that knowledge is power. 
and That's good. you know power um, for a patient. You know, in other words, to, to actually um, provide a patient with knowledge, or if you're a patient, to provide yourself with knowledge, is giving you power. That's so good. And that power is important because what you can do is you can take that knowledge, and it's powerful because you go out and you um, make it your mission to educate. So if you want better care, in other words, you're going to educate your pharmacy. So, like, you need to to make sure, you know, when that pharmacist you speak to on the phone, um, you want to make sure he understands the obstacles that you're going through every day, you know, that the challenges that you deal with, because he doesn't. He doesn't mm-hmm. understand that. And so the more that you can educate him, you know, and we know that you don't have long conversations with that, but even anything you can inject every time that you speak to him, that, you know, you can teach him a little bit about what you go through so that he can put that, like every time he thinks about you, he can put that together and know that maybe, you know what, like I need to step it up a little bit because, you know, he's going to kind of become an advocate for you as well. That's good. So you want to educate your pharmacy, you know, like that, about more about what your life's about, what your everyday mm. challenges are that you go through. That's a good point too, because it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're educating them on the science of how the product is put together or how it's packaged even, but it's about educating them about how your life actually and your lifestyle interacts with this treatment plan. Because if you're, if you're one of those people that works, maybe you work nights and you're working shift work. Well, by you getting your medication at a certain time so you can have it a certain way or whatever, right. that, that can make a huge difference in your ability to stay consistent. You know, I always say that if you're going to do anything and you're going to repeat it over and over and over, which is pretty much anything you're going to be successful at, you got to repeat, right? Yes. So you, anything you're going to repeat over and over and over, it needs to be so simple or otherwise it won't be successful. And, and so I think you're, you're right on it with um, being able to say that, like, you need to educate your, your pharmacist and your pharmacy staff to help them understand what your lifestyle looks like so that they can know how to do it. The same is true with the, with the drug companies, too. With Like, for instance, you work with Octopharma now, and, and, you know, being able to even connect with the manufacturer of your, your medication is something that you can do, and, and, and I recommend it. I actually highly recommend that you connect with the people who are, you know, working in the, in the community that, that make the drug that you're on because it's a, not only a wealth of resource from a knowledge standpoint, but also if you have trouble with something, it's a good connection to be able to reach out to and say, hey, Leslie, I'm having trouble with right. this or that. I need copay help or I need this help or whatever, and you, you can jump in too, right? Yes, and, I mean, I think that... You need those connections on every level. And, you know, Octopharma does provide. In fact, we're getting ready to have a patient um, advisory panel board. So we want to bring the patients together. We want to hear what they have to say as a company. So, you know, they have, you know, obviously the executors, you know, they get together and really, you know, sit there, you know, with the patients and really want to listen, you know, on a level, on a patient level to find out, you know, about their challenges and about even answering questions that they may have from a manufacturer's standpoint. So it's those so are good. things that Octopharma does provide, even on a higher level than just, you know, where I sit as a patient experience manager. But sure. that is, um, you know, what we're here for is, is we're here to answer any questions. And so it is all about 
having us understand as well as where you sit right. as a patient. That's and, right. Um, you know how we can help you know um, your needs in that way as well. And that's a good point too because you really not only you know, you, you might have education about the product or about the formula or about how it's put together or how it's delivered. But even with that, we're still a, there's still a very a high value on us being able to share our experience as a patient exactly. with you to help even, even the manufacturing process to get a little bit better. And, um, so I, 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 I love that, that you guys are asking for people to come together, asking for the patient story. Cause that, that really does help, I guess, things improve as well as you guys continue to develop products. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what we want. That's so good. That's so good. Well, is there anything else that you would say, you know, to, to, to someone about this idea of just staying consistent on their, on their treatment regimen? If they fall, uh, you know, how do they get back up? Is there any, anything else you'd like to say before we go about how to, how to stay consistent with your prophylaxis treatment regimen? I just, I think that, like I said, you know, anything to, um, we all know that when you sit in the disease state that, you know, and the challenges that you have to overcome, you know, with bleeding disorders, um, it's, it's never ending, you know, it's always, you know, and I think that the more that you educate, like I said, yourself, um, and keep, because if you think about it, if you're constantly engaged, and I think that's what's important, if you're constantly engaged, um, whether it is, attending conferences, whether it is, you know, um, at Octopharma, we have uh, our, our website, which is Factor My Way. Yeah. And it's an, a great resource for patients. Absolutely. Not only for copay assistance, but also for all of the educational webinars that we put right, on. Right, um, They're excellent topics, but if you're constantly um, staying engaged um, across the board, you know, the more that you stay engaged with these uh, certain uh, webinars, chapters, um, the more that you educate yourself, the more that you say, I'm going to be committed to teaching my pharmacy about, you know, the challenges that I deal with and what it needs to overcome. I'm going to educate the school for my child. You know, the more that you stay engaged, the more that it kind of keeps you um, on top of the fact of wanting to be consistent. That's so good. Wanting to, you know, uh, it, it almost puts you in that position to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the only way, as we know that with anything, you know, it's like depending on your faith or anything, it's like the more that you stay consistent and, you know, involved, the more you grow as a person. And that's the same thing where you sit in the bleeding disorder community. Yeah. And what I hear you saying in that is it's really connected to your why. I, I think to some degree, like, you know, um, I've had many days as a, as a, you know, I've struggled with my own bleeding sore where I've thought, you know, I can't do it for me, but I can do it for my kids. I've had many days where I've thought I can't do it for me, but, oh, my gosh, I know my friend Jojo, made up name. <laughs> I don't really know anybody, Jojo. But, you know, I know my friend Joe he's going to ask me later how I'm doing and I can do it for him. I might not can do it for me, but I can do it for him. And you're exactly right. That being connected in moments like these being connected in moments like, you know, getting together at a chapter event, being connected together in some form or fashion with your friends, whether it's on a webinar or some other way to be connected with other people who understand what you're going through. That accountability is, I think, 
also an important component of staying consistent. It's really about the fact that they know that what you're going through is they're going to ask you. And that accountability is part of what sometimes keeps you going when nothing else keeps you going. I mean, we should do it for all the right reasons, right? You should do it because you want it for, to be healthy yourself. You should do it because you don't want your joints to, to be damaged. You should do it because your mom said so, and you don't want your mom to be mad at you. And you should do it because, you know, you, maybe your wife asked you to do it in my case. Or, and, you know, you, you, should, you should do it for all of those reasons, right? But sometimes you can't do it for yourself, you can still sometimes do it because others are there watching you, know you. They're going to ask. And they learn and so much thing. more from you, just uh, more than about a bleeding disorder. Yeah. You're staying consistent and you're teaching them so many things right. that has to do with their health. That's right. But, but so much more is taken from that in just everyday life of what it is to be consistent and what it is to, you know, be present and what it is to, you know, kind of... Um, take care of yourself and you know, you're teaching. It's just like, if you want your children to learn to pick up, you know, after themselves at home, it's like they, they learn from you from that. That's right. And so I think that, you know, with you, um, even what you're, you know, uh, what you're using or showing as an example that maybe for your disease is really, you know, used on so many other different levels. Yeah. I don't think we can ever get away from the fact that we are a whole person. Right? Like, you're a whole person. I'm a whole person. And that that whole personhood, I think sometimes we can almost over-identify ourselves with our problem. And the truth is, is that there's so, we're such complex beings that we're, there's so much more going on here than just that one problem. Right. And so I think I love what you're saying because it's like even, even about educating your pharmacy. It's really about educating your, the pharmacy about who you are as a person so that they know it works. Right. They know how to help you because they want to help you. Yeah. It's, it, it's about helping the manufacturer understand about wh- what, how it impacts your life when you're taking this medication so that they can make improvements because it's really about the whole person. It is. And it's easy to deduce all of our efforts and energy to, this, to associating everything with this one problem. This is one of the reasons why I'm a huge fan, and I, and I encourage people to do this all the time, who may be thinking about, like, well, I just don't... I went through a season of my life where I didn't want anybody to know about my hemophilia. I didn't. I didn't want anybody to know. But I'm a huge fan of probably one of my one of the greatest strengths that I realized in my life is that I had friends in all kinds of different aspects of life and different spheres of life that actually at some point I was able to talk to them about my hemophilia and it wasn't all about that. It was about all the things that we connected with in other areas whether it was music or you know whatever where wherever it was it was like we were able to connect about these things. And then when they learned about this, they wanted to know about this problem because they wanted, they knew it it affected my whole person. Right. But it was still, even with the people that I educated about my hemophilia that weren't affected, it was those people that actually still looked at me as a whole person. Whereas sometimes even my clinicians and my pharmacy, and sometimes it was like they looked at me as just the hemophilia. These friends that I had, they didn't, and I was afraid if I talked to them about it, my whole conversation would just be like it was with my clinicians. But it really wasn't that way. It became this whole thing of like, no, where I'm a whole person, and that's a part of my life, and I don't want to ignore that. And so sometimes they actually helped help me see that right. I was valuable beyond just that problem, you know. Yeah. And so I love that. That's yes. what I hear you saying in that. Yes, and that and that's you know very true. Like I said, it doesn't define you. That's right. And I think that some of your, you know, friends helped you even realize that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that can be 
done not just through you know friends as much as but like you said every conversation that you have with someone every every yes. time you talk uh, or get someone gets to know you they actually see there's more of a person than just that disease you know that's that right. you and I think that that's you know when you think about a pharmacist or you think about even your doctor or anyone it's like they know you and they usually are, it's that disease right um, and I think that you know when they really get to see you know you as a person and what you do for a living, like you said, and how this, you know, affects you and, you know, how when you get your medicines or when you're able to infuse or any of that really points you in a different direction in someone's mind and shows them that you're not just a disease, that you're more than that. That's so good. That's so good, Leslie. Thank you so much for joining us today, for being a part of this. Thanks for coming by the office. I really appreciate you being here. It's great to be in person. I know. I mean, you know, we've been we've been doing so much of this over the internet that uh, we uh, we still love to be able to connect any way we can. But it's great to see you, and thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm thankful to be here, and, and I'm so appreciative to be able to at least um, voice what I feel about this community and yeah. what it means to me. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you can tell it's a passion. That's for sure. You said that at the beginning. But I want to say a big thank you to Leslie and, and also Octopharma for being so supportive of all of our events. You guys have been an incredible uh, asset to just helping us be able to continue these types of moments like this, to be able to talk about what's going on and be a part of uh, our Profi Conference. But thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast and be a part of this moment today. And uh, we hope to see you at the next one. Take care. My name is Rick and I have severe hemophilia B and I've been using Idelvion since 2017. I am considered a severe hemophiliac. With Idelvion, I'm confident in my bleed protection. That way I can do things that really matter to me, like spending time with my wife outside, playing my guitar, doing my Tai Chi. I've been involved in martial arts my entire life. I originally started way back in 1972. Uh, I studied Taekwondo for a number of years and eventually became the Colorado State Heavyweight Champion. But those years did damage to my body and the pain it caused me in the long run led me to seek out Tai Chi. I have discovered that Tai Chi is the absolute perfect martial art. You only do what your body allows you to do. It allows you to develop strength, flexibility, and peace of mind. Through Tai Chi, I have come to realize that I have hemophilia, but it's not who I am. When I was treating prophylactically, I would infuse sometimes two to three times a week. I may get maybe three or four breakthrough bleeds a year. To me as a hemophiliac, that's not satisfactory. I felt a product should work for me till my next dose. I haven't had a breakthrough bleed since I've been on Idelvion, and that's been almost four years. My factor levels have consistently been 21%. The product works for me. Hemophilia by nature comes with a lot of stress. I've learned to control stress in myself, and I love 
the fact that I'm able to experience my life. Important safety information. Idelvion coagulation factor 9 recombinant albumin fusion protein RFIXFP is used to control and prevent bleeding episodes in people with hemophilia B. Your doctor might also give you Idelvion before surgical procedures. Used regularly as prophylaxis, Idelvion can reduce the number of bleeding episodes. Idelvion is administered by intravenous injection into the bloodstream and can be self-administered or administered by a caregiver. Do not inject Idelvion without training and approval from your healthcare provider or hemophilia treatment center. Tell your healthcare provider of any medical condition you might have, including allergies and pregnancy, as well as all medications you are taking. Do not use Idelvion if you know you are allergic to any of its ingredients, including hamster proteins. Tell your doctor if you previously had an allergic reaction to any Factor IX product. Stop treatment and immediately contact your healthcare provider if you see signs of an allergic reaction, including a rash or hives, itching, tightness of chest or throat, difficulty breathing, lightheadedness, dizziness, nausea, or a decrease in blood pressure. Your body can make antibodies, called inhibitors, against Factor IX, which could stop Idelvion from working properly. You might need to be tested for inhibitors from time to time. Idelvion might also increase the risk of abnormal blood clots in your body, especially if you have risk factors. Call your healthcare provider if you have chest pain, difficulty breathing, or leg tenderness or swelling. In clinical trials for Idelvion, Headache was the only side effect occurring in more than 1% of patients, 1.8%, but is not the only side effect possible. Tell your healthcare provider about any side effect that bothers you or does not go away, or if bleeding is not controlled with Idelvion. Please see full prescribing information for Idelvion, including patient product information. You are encouraged to report negative side effects of prescription drugs to the FDA. Visit www.fda.gov slash medwatch or call 1-800-FDA-1088. You can also report side effects to CSL Bearings Pharmacovigilance Department at 1-866-915-6958. Hemophilia A is a rare genetic condition that makes it hard to stop bleeding. And it doesn't just affect the body, it affects everything. But these days, science and innovation can help people with hemophilia better manage their disease, which leads to a different set of challenges altogether. When you're used to what you can't do, it can be hard to realize what you can. For example, I can do magic. But what makes me, a magician and comedian, qualified to talk about the struggles of hemophilia? Nothing, really, but this is why I'm here. My first solo gig as a magician was for the Hemophilia Association of St. Louis, which means a bunch of people in the hemophilia community gave 12-year-old me a shot at greatness. And now, I'm here to pay it forward. This isn't a show about hemophilia. It's a show about human potential, taking that next step, overcoming barriers, letting go of excuses. This is Challenge Accepted.
Hi, my name is Anna Moss. I am a Santa Fe Genzyme Core Manager. I am living in New Orleans, Louisiana. A core is a community relations and education manager. I am here to help serve, to help guide, empower, educate you, your loved ones living with hemophilia. I am here to assist you. I believe that word would be resilient. I know that people living with hemophilia, people diagnosed with hemophilia, have overcome obstacles, have had to and have to adapt to change every day, multiple times a day even. And I believe that you overcome that and you are living the best and most empowered life that you can.